Hello guys and welcome back to the Max Talks Football FPL pod. It has been a couple of weeks since we last recorded. We've had an international break. Um, England, you know, picking up a point away from home and then playing Scotland in a friendly. Um, Jude Bellingham, absolutely just incredible. But it's back for FPL. It's always a painful time at the beginning of the international break because we just want to keep the Prem going. Um, but we're for it. We're on the other side. Or are we really? Jesus. Um, an absolute stinker of a game week for myself and for most people. Um, a really low average. I think the average was 44 points last week. Um, you'll find out how I got on. Spoiler alert, it's absolutely awful. Um, but yeah, a real tough week. Um, all the big hitters not really um, coming through. Liverpool won 3-1 away at Wolves. A lot of us were tripled or doubled up on Chelsea. They continue frustrate as a Chelsea fan myself I can vouch for that a nil-nil away at Bournemouth Arsenal took uh, three points at Everton with a 1-0 victory and Man City uh, won 3-1 away at West Ham where Haaland really really um, could have punished the non-captaincy owners very uh, firm far more because he missed a few open goals but for me performance of the week was Brighton away at Man United. I find that result quite predictable. Uh, Man, you're a bit of a shambles at the minute with the, the Sancho situation and Anthony still back in Brazil. And Brighton are just such a well-drilled team. We're recording on a Thursday today, so they're playing in the Europa League today. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how well they do in that competition because I just love their manager. I love the way they play, as I've said before. Gross, Pedro and Welbeck on the score sheet. And Tariq Lamptey. Um, chipping in with two assists. Um, playing instead of Estepinian, who was coming back late from South America. But um, interesting, interesting to say the least. However, if we get on to the game week itself, game week five was an absolute stinker. As I've said, um, average score was 44 points. I've got the team of the week up here game week five team of the week um yeah i mean if you've got any of these players you've done well i suppose the two players who pl people might have the risk takers would maybe have a trossard you've got 11 points and someone who's really punishing me i went for foden over him um julian alvarez uh another nine pointer he's becoming very consistent and very consistent with his minutes he started last uh he started on tuesday again and he's five starts I think five 90 odd minutes in five in the league so is he uh, pep roulette proof he is delivering not explosive returns but consistent returns and for his price about 6.7 6.8 he is tremendous value I'll go through the team in a week not that many people have these players you've got Neto in goal Robertson scored 11 points away at Wolves with uh, an assist and a few bonus points. Uh, Botman, who's going to be popular this week and beyond on nine. Reem Castagna, the double Fulham in defence, which is interesting. Bernardo Silva, red flag now. He had 13 points. Uh, a man of the match performance against West Ham. Trossard Hudson-Odoi, a newcomer for Chelsea fans as well. They'll know him. Hamer and Douglas Luiz and Julian Alvarez up front. So an absolute mixed bag there. It's no surprise the average, looking at that team, the average score was 44 a low-scoring game, like I said, a low-scoring week. Um, and boy, was it low-scoring for me. I scored well below the average on 30. 
I had a game week rank. Hang on, let's let's see how many players are playing in FPL as it stands. Nine million nine hundred thousand two hundred thirty-four currently as I record. I had a game week rank of nine million three hundred eighty-nine thousand one hundred fifty-six. Just let that sink in. Nine million eight hundred players. I was nine million nearly four hundred thousand. Ridiculous. An awful week. Um, capped off by Madison captain. I thought Sheffield United at home would be a very tasty fixture. Um, you know, I love the way Ange is play, uh, Fulham are playing under Ange Postacoglu. I thought Madison would get two two returns, if not, um, you know, three. I, I saw that as a 3 4 nil 4 one game. Um, but it wasn't to be. Sheffield United played really well. Um, and obviously... Their manager, Paul Heckenbottom, was complaining about the referee after the game because two late goals... Well, it's not why he was complaining, but Fulham chipped in with two... Uh, Fulham, Spurs scored two late goals. Richarlison um, seen in tears in the midweek with Brazil, uh, missing a few chances for them. Uh, back with a vengeance and getting a goal and assist. But yeah, Madison, I can't say I'm disappointed. You never go against Haaland. Or Haaland, obviously, as we have already mentioned... Got a return. Only six points for him, though, but it could have been way worse for me. I'm telling you, that <laughs> that game week rank could have been far worse. Um, we go from my team uh, from back to front. Anana in goal, two points. Um, I wasn't expecting um, a clean sheet against Brighton. I must say, with such an attacking team, the Seagulls are. Um, but I was expecting some save points. Uh, nothing. Akanji, two points. Disappointing. Saliba, six points. Chilwell who we've got to have a conversation about later. No points. Came on for 10 minutes and got booked. Awful. Bruno Fernandes continues the United trend in my team of struggling. Um, they're struggling as a team, as I said, alluding to some of their uh, problems. Obviously, Sancho's been dropped from the squad. He's training with the youth team. Um, Anthony is still back in Brazil, as I said. So I've got no right winger. He played a diamond against um, Brian, probably trying to um, dislodge their, their midfield and not have them dominate the ball but with Deserby's team they can just work it out on the pitch so they managed to get the fullbacks high um, as shown through Lamptey's uh, couple of assists and marauding runs which set up the two goals for I think it was Pedro and uh, was it Welbeck or I think it was the other goal Gross um, so yeah if you want to block up the middle they will find ways to pick you off and exploit the wide areas and that's exactly what they did um, Saka's a bit underwhelming, but he's ticking over. Um, as I said, recording this on Thursday, he had a great game last night with a goal and assist. Um, uh, he's going nowhere in my team. Arsenal will be one of the most attacking teams, if not the at- most attacking team in the league this season. So to have the man who plays 90 minutes each week, he won't be going anywhere. Mitoma, obviously, uh, Brighton scored three goals away at United. So not to pick up any returns there was frustrating. Foden even more so with two points. Um, again, three goals. I feel like I was unlucky. Spurs, two goals at home. Brighton, three goals. No returns for my midfielder. City, three goals. No return for my midfielder. Um, so, yeah, very, very frustrating. Um, and we have to just keep cracking on. Nicholas Jackson, my word, one point next to Haaland, six points up front. Where do we start on him? Chelsea fans, would be interesting to see what your thoughts are. Drop some comments um, on the video below, but 
he was so exciting in preseason in America. Finally, someone who runs in behind, as I've discussed on this channel before. Um, but his finishing's just looked awful, hasn't it? Um, he missed the sitter uh, last week um, against Forrest when we lost, leaning back only three, four yards out, went over the bar. And it just doesn't look like it's clicking for Pochettino at the minute. As a fan, I'm still going to stick behind them. But, uh, you know, rumours of Ivan Tony were interested in him as well as Arsenal. I mean, that's a no-brainer for me. I know it's a bit of a risk considering he hasn't played. He won't have played for so long if we go get him in January. But um, I think Thomas Frank kind of admitted that they're not willing to sell, but they'll have a price. And I'm sure they'll have someone lined up to replace him. But Chelsea are just crying out for a 20-goal striker. We've not had one since Diego Costa. So the, the Chelsea fixtures continue to be pretty decent. Um, Villa at home next week is not. I, I see that as a very tough game. Um, but Fulham away, Burnley away after that. So I'll discuss my transfer plans in a minute. Um, but Jackson, so frustrating. The fixtures were so good. And obviously he scored against Luton, but Luton don't look like they're going to pick up many points at all this season. So maybe that was a uh, an over-exaggeration against a really poor team. But yeah, absolutely stinky week for me. I think I got the second lowest score in our whole league, down to 24th in the league out of about 35 um, but yeah, it's all pretty close. I look at my team for next week. It actually looks quite strong, as we'll get on to um, later. But the big one's Chilwell not playing at the minute. Why is Chilwell not playing? Pochettino mentioned some things in the press conference that he's a little bit... He's carrying a niggle. Or, and then he said kind of he didn't want his fullbacks getting being so attacking and leaving Chelsea so exposed at the back. So I'm very confused. He's obviously been deployed as a left winger. And Mikhailo Mudrik played there. Um, he looked okay um, on the weekend against Bournemouth in a nil-nil draw. So does Chilwell, he's playing Colwell at left back and playing kind of three centre-halves. Um, will James coming back um, mean that that kind of upsets the balance or does it help the balance? I want to see Chilwell play as left back as a Chelsea fan. I want to persist with Mudrik. I know the whole Twitter and media are on his back at the minute, but... It's definitely an exciting player. I think his raw pace just won't change because I see him in the gym a lot. He seems a studious pro off the pitch. So he's going to cause problems either way. It's just got to, it's just got to click for him. Um, and I do think there's a good player in there. But Chilwell not playing um, and with the turn of other, play, uh, other teams' fixtures at the minute poses a problem for me. It absolutely does. But mainly this team is getting punished by Chelsea and United assets. United, as we've discussed, are pretty poor at the minute. I'm happy to persist with Fernandez though, because his XG and XGI uh, stats are very good. Um, goals and assists, that is. So his expected goals and assists are good. His on-set pieces, things like that. Um, I've got City defender Akanji didn't play in the Champions League this week, so he looks, fingers crossed, nailed to start. But I like my team. It was an absolutely awful week. Um, I like my team. Um, but with such an awful week, 30 points, 14 points below the average, I have debated <laughs> about wildcarding. And that brings me on to the next slide, which you may have seen earlier through a mishap. However, if you're listening on podcast, I have got a slide up now with a wildcard question mark. Now, a lot of players will be thinking about doing this after such a, a poor, low-scoring week. The problem I've got with it at the minute and on the slide right now is long-term fixture outlook 
We've got game week six to eight uh, to thirteen, so an eight week um, outlook, and I've sorted it by uh, who's got the easiest fixtures. Now at the top of that list is Luton and Burnley. Of course, they have a double win game week seven. They're playing each other, so Luton play Everton and Burnley, and uh, Burnley play Newcastle and Luton. And I'm not so keen at getting those assets in. There's obviously Morris up front for Luton to uh, think about because I think he's only 4.5 million. So it's not too much of a hit for your team. But yeah, when I'm looking at doing a wildcard team and those two teams are at the top of the fixture table, that is not too convincing. Below them is United, Villa, Newcastle. And I've got problems with all these teams, um, probably least of all Villa. Uh, United, a third for fixtures over the next eight. Burnley, Palace, Brentford, Sheffield United, that sounds good. Uh, City, a red flag, and then Fulham, Luton, Everton. So, I mean, I've got Onana and Fernandes, but they're so disjointed at the minute and just really not playing well. Villa, I like. Um, I like Diaby. Um, and I like some of the defenders who like to get forward. Watkins has always been a player I've never really got in, but seems to he really punished me last season when I chose uh, Kai Havertz over him. That really backfired. And then Newcastle are next in the fixture list. Sheffield United and Burnley next. Um, they drew nil-nil with Milan uh, the night before last, uh, Tuesday night, um, which was a good result for them in Europe. But will there be a little bit of rotation for their team. They've strengthened up in the wide areas. You know, you've got Harvey Barnes not really playing minutes at the minute. Um, Isak didn't play on the weekend, but played in midweek against AC Milan. We know he shares minutes with Wilson. So I'm kind of waiting. Um, you know, a lot of players will be moving to Botman, Shah, Trippier, Pope. And I like that because their fixtures have swung and they will pick up clean sheets. Um, two in a row for them. Obviously, um, they picked up uh, one against Milan, Pope was very, very impressive and they picked one up at Brentford at home the fo- uh, the previous Saturday. So, um, And then below them, we've got Palace, Wolves, Brighton, Liverpool. And we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Liverpool, probably the most impressive team out of all them and they're ninth on the fixture list. So if we are looking at wildcard team, it looks like we've got to kind of ride out these next three weeks because... Game week 9, 10, maybe 11 just looks easier to wildcard um, into. Um, I love Brighton, as I've already discussed. Wolves, I'm not too sure about them under Gary O'Neill. Um, and Palace, obviously, Ed- Odson Edward has really impressed. Um, everyone kind of went for Eze. He hasn't really um, produced too much, although I just love watching him play for England and Palace. But we're kind of strictly talking FPL assets here. They lost to Villa 3-1 away. But maybe Odson Edwards one to think about. So, yeah, the long-term at fixture outlook. You've got Luton, Burnley, Villa and United at the top of the list with Newcastle and Brighton and Liverpool could probably of interest further down the list. But, yeah, not ideal. I have put together a wildcard draft, loosely one, um, based on my team. So I've kept a few players like... William Saliba, so I've got money tied up in him, 5.1. You'd probably get him for more expensive now, a more expensive price. Um, Adogi was a little bit of a regret, but I've kept Saliba, Akanji, Bruno Fernandes, whose price has gone down, Saka and Haaland. 
and everyone has, has kind of changed around here now. So we've got I've gone for Pope in goal with Turner um, deputising. Pope is 5.5 million. Now that is quite a lot for a goalkeeper. And as we've discussed, um, players I'm sure will be moving to the likes of Pope, Shah, and Trippier and Botman, who's the cheapest out of all, because uh, Newcastle's fixtures are very tantalising. If we go to their fixtures now, um, with Europe to contend with as well, we have they've got Sheffield United away, Burnley at home. West Ham away, Palace home, Wolves away. So the next five look pretty good. Um, and we know what their defence was last week, uh, last season. Very strong. Um, all those Newcastle kind of assets, Burn, Shaw, Trippier, were all looked towards the top of the overall fantasy points for defenders last year. So um, this wildcard team has a double Newcastle defence. I've gone for Botman just because... I'm I'm looking to spend money further up the field. He's 4.5 million. Udogi or Doggy, however you pronounce it, he started very well. I'm a little bit of a regret for me. I wanted him to start, but I didn't have him in my starting draft. He's gone up 0.2 million. So if he's continuing to start a left back for Tottenham and they're um, continuing to be as expansive as they are, that he's going to be a great asset simple as that all season however the next if you haven't got him at the minute like myself next two fixtures are Arsenal away and Liverpool home after that Luton Fulham Palace Chelsea so pretty good after that so maybe one to hold off on I've kept a Kanji I'm very pleased with him um, although I've benched him a couple of times this season but he seems to be like last season avoiding the Champions League games and playing the league games. Now, if he can be a consistent 90-minute man in the best defence year on year, um, I want to keep him. Simple as that. So, I've got still got Kabore. You could go down to 3.9 million. So, the defence is Saliba, Botman, Adogi and Akanji. Pretty good. In midfield, I've kept Saka and I've kept Bruno Fernandes. I understand if you want to jump off either of them. I wouldn't jump off Saka. But if you're a bit... Um, disillusion with United which is perfectly um, acceptable you could move off Bruno I just like Bruno for his stats he's always heavily involved you know he's going to play 90 100 minutes as the games go on longer now next to them I have Mo Salah um, a bit frustrating at the minute you're paying 12.5 million for him so it's a lot of money and obviously we'll all have Haaland as well so that is a large amount of your budget being sucked up by those two players. However, his fixtures now, Mo Salah, are turning. He's got West Ham at home, Tottenham away, Brighton away. Now, you might argue they're quite tricky, but I see goals for Liverpool and for Salah in in all of those. And then after this, again, we're talking about uh, game week nine. We're talking about a wildcard team now. This is why I'm a little bit debating whether to hold off or not. From game week nine, we've got the Merseyside derby at home against Everton, Forest home, Luton away, Brentford home. So that is very, very exciting for Liverpool owners. The only problem I'm looking at is I really would like to spread those funds more if I was to do this wildcard team. And with um, Diaz, Jota below 8 million um, and you know Darwin Nunes below 8 million and Gakpo, 
they're all really really attractive um assets but i just can't i just don't know who's going to play i really like jota the most out of all of them um but if i go to his minutes he has recorded in the last well in all of the games he's gone 65 minutes 75 good starting um 12 points against bournemouth in that second start there then after this Bench twice, 30 minutes, 25 minutes, and then a start against Wolves, but only for 55 minutes. So with the reintroduction of them with European football in the form of the Europa League, I see that rotation continuing. Salah avoids that rotation. So you're paying a big premium for it, but I just don't want to be worrying about who's starting and who's not. So Salah makes this team. Therefore, there have been um, offsets uh, of players to add in so I've gone for Diaby and Ward-Prowse both in carrot and blue Diaby I really like I liked him at the beginning of the season but Villa's um, fixtures were a bit tricky and now they're starting to ease off um, they have Chelsea away next which you might argue is a pretty decent fixture which I would argue because I could see Villa scoring comfortably there and then Brighton home after that again an expansive team but a difficult game and then Wolves West Ham Luton Forest Fulham I really like those fixtures um, so Diaby makes this wildcard team, this wildcard draft, um, one to think about as he's only 6.6 million and sometimes they're mixing up the formation they play, sometimes they're playing 3-5-2 and he's playing alongside Watkins, obviously slightly off him as a 9 and a 10, Watkins threatens him behind and Diaby kind of drops in into a, a midfield or a number 10 role but to play so advanced in such a good team, they are also in European football so and we know Emery has very good um, prestige and a reputation in that competition or in Europe itself. So interesting. Keep an eye on their uh, team shape and their team selection tonight. Not sure who they play, but I know they'll be involved. And then we've got James Ward-Prowse. Now, I wanted in Burmo, but as I said, Salah kind of sucks up all that budget. Um, James Ward-Prowse has returned in every single game this season now when Southampton got relegated uh, he was yeah I mean he's a guarantee to get a move back to the Premier League he's in and around the England team of Gareth Southgate I don't think he was picked in the last uh, the last squad the one just gone so players people were up in awe up in rage about that when Calvin Phillips and players like that were ahead of him in the squad but as I said he looks like um, he's playing more advanced. Now, at Southampton, he was kind of a holding midfielder or a number eight, but quite deep um, alongside Roman Lavia. And then they had a kind of a number 10 in front of them. In front of them, sorry. Um, right now, he's playing with, I think it's uh, Alvarez and sometimes Suchek. So he's playing as the most advanced midfielder in that midfield. Um, if we look at scores, again, just doing what he normally used to do at Southampton, 9 points, 6 points, 7 points, 7 points. Now, three of those games were against Chelsea, Brighton and United. One against Luton away. It's three tough fixtures out of the four. And he's just notching, notching, just keeping the, uh, the, the points ticking over. Now, we know what his biggest strength is. No surprises there. It is his dead ball delivery. And when you're targeting players like Zuma, Agurd, Ogbonna when he plays um, and other players like that, Suchek, of course, going up for corners as well. He's going to get assists. He and his delivery is, as we all know, impeccable. So 
you're going to get assists and you're going to get goals at the minute because you see him breaking late into the box as you did on the weekend and scoring some great goals. So at 6.1 million, he plays 90 minutes, he's never injured um, and West Ham have looked very good this season. So he makes it into this wildcard draft alongside Bruno Fernandes, Diaby, Saka and Salah. Um, one to think about. One, Like I said, Mbermo is the highest scoring midfielder on the game at the minute. Um, a little bit of regrets. I went for Matoma over him. Again, he's a 90-minute man and he's on penalties. Um, again, one I kind of regret not getting in. However, um, he continues to score points. He was kind of in my thoughts, but he's 6.9 million he's risen with Everton and Forest in his next two games. Um, as you see on the, the screen there for the podcast, this is I've got players in my thoughts. So Burmo, Trippier, Cash, again targeting Matty Cash of Aston Villa, targeting the Villa fixtures. And if we move to going up front, my in my thoughts, the players in my thoughts up front, I've got Odson, Edward and Morris. However, the two that start both play for the same team. I wonder if you can guess what team that is. Of course, it's Manchester City. Um, Haaland, obviously, 14 million. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be in any wildcard draft across the universe. Or, um, Julian Alvarez, or Julian Alvarez, 6.8 million. As I alluded to earlier, I had a little bit of regrets now. I got Foden after seeing um, him play incredibly well. Um, he almost, I think he created like nine chances in a game at home. Let me try and remember which one it was. It was Newcastle at home, I think. And he created so many chances, Foden. I was like, I've got to get him in. He gets five points for a goal because he's a midfielder. Um, and I've probably made the wrong decision because... Um, Alvarez only gets four points for a goal. However, he has played 90 minutes, 90 minutes, 90, 89, 90 with returns of 5, 7, 2, 14, 9. Um, and he was probably the standout player uh, on Tuesday night for Manchester City in their 3-1 win in the Champions League, scoring two goals. So... I'm tripled up on City, so this wildcard team would enable me just to get out of that quickly and get Alvarez in alongside Haaland. It would be typical, wouldn't it, if um, I did this wildcard team, uh, click the button and put Alvarez in my team and he's benched for the first time this season. We know Pep loves to do that. Um, but yeah, targeting the City attack is a no-brainer. We know they score goals for fun. It's always been about who can we um, find who plays week in, week out. We had you know, the pain of Mares, Grealish, Bernardo Silva, who's injured right now, um, and just so Gundogan. We just didn't know who was going to play. So at the minute, they've signed Doku. Uh, Doku um, so he will be competing with Grealish on the left, it looks like. Bernardo Silva is injured. So does that mean Foden and Alvarez's minutes will be nailed? I think Alvarez is nailed. Um, and as I said, he's one of those players we saw in the World Cup who can dribble, but also he's, he's old-fashioned. Pep loves him because he works so hard, he presses so high all the time, and he shoots on sight as well. Um, not a selfish player, but he shoots on sight when it's the right thing to do. And he has been excellent this season. So to cap that off, that wildcard draft I put together... Um, you're looking at one uh, strong 
bench player, um, probably a defender in this team with Osula or whoever you want. Probably Morris. Um, that's poor for me. I should change Osula to Morris. You'd have Morris and Kabore on the bench. Um, so you've got Pope in goal, Saliba, Botman, um, Akanji with Adogi on the bench this week, probably. Um, Saka, Diaby, Salah, Fernandez, Ward-Prowse and Alvarez and Haaland up front. I really like it. So, um, you know, have a think, guys, about whether you need to wildcard after a poor week or whether you've got injuries and suspensions um, creeping up. Important thing to say is there are a few players on suspension type ropes at the minute. Um, and I've got a couple of them, Bruno Fernandes and Nicholas Jackson. So just keep an eye on that. Game week six predictions. Um, you know this part of the show or part of the pod um i or you know the guests i have on um have a think and try and give you guys out there help and predictions about who's going to be the biggest point score of the week a differential shout so somewhere below 10 percent um that's going to score points this uh week and maybe for the weeks coming up guys the differential shouts are important because someone below 10 percent if they pop off though that's going to project you right up in your mini leagues and then in the overall standings. So that one, I'm always keen to get that one correct and do my research on that one. Um, on the watch list, someone we're watching and flop of the week. Someone who's going to flop next week. So the opposite, really. Who's highly owned and who is going to flop. Point Biggest point scorer, no surprises there. I've gone for Haaland. He's at home to Forest. Forest have actually been defending quite well, but I just think his record at home is just frightening. Um, a lot better than his away. Even last week, he could have maybe had three, four or five goals against West Ham. Um, my differential shout this week is Callum Wilson. Um, he was on the bench for Newcastle against Milan in midweek. He did come on and he scored a penalty the Saturday before against Brentford. He is obviously competing with Isak um, for minutes. However, he is 5.4% owned. So not many people have him. They are away at Sheffield United. Um, a fixture you may want to target. And also going forward, Burnley at home, West Ham away. Now, the problem with uh, Chil um, Wilson is that obviously he shares minutes with Isak up front. They've signed Barnes now. Uh, so Isak doesn't really get shifted to the left to play both of them. Um, so, yeah, and if you watch the Amazon documentary... Um, they're good friends, but the rivalry is quite fierce and they all want to play like every footballer does. But Wilson is my differential shout for the week and the weeks in oncoming. So on the watch list, it's no brainer. He was my differential the week before last and hit uh, Julian Alvarez. I'm looking at him. Um, the problem I do have is if I don't wildcard, I'll have to take a City player out to put a City player in. So see, <coughs> excuse me, seems a bit pointless. And flop of the week is Chilwell. Um, two reasons. One, I don't know whether he's playing. Um, is he playing? Is he playing left back? Where is he playing? Is he playing left back? Is he playing left mid? Is he playing at all? We don't know. And I think Villa will score. I think Villa are a much more organised unit than Chelsea at the minute. Um, I can see Villa. <laughs> it's depressing, but I can see Villa winning that game or at least getting a point. Um, Chilwell, you know, looked very very exciting against Luton, and he was in my team from the word go uh, from week one because I just saw the potential in him. But he is 35, 30.5% uh, owned. So if he does have a bad week, um, you may 
want to move across to Sunderland and a Newcastle defender and you could go up the league. So those are my game week six predictions. If I bring you on, I've got Lofty's team and my team on here um, to my game week. I should say game week five, six plans. Um, yeah. So if I look at my team now, it's really good on paper. I don't know how it did so badly last week. It looks strong. Anana in goal, Burnley away. Okay, uh, Burnley attacking team could get save points and a clean sheet, but I wouldn't bank on it right now with uh, Manchester United and the way they're playing. Akanji, I'm expecting to start. Forrest at home, I want a clean sheet there. Estepinian, um, we'll have a look on his minutes in Europe this week, but I expect him to play against Bournemouth at home. Very exciting. Chilwell is in my team in a minute, but he could be moved on with Saliba on the bench right now. He's got Villa at home. Uh, Bruno, Saka, uh, Madison, Matoma, Foden. Oh, I really like it. Madison and Saka playing against each other. I know how North London derbies are normally quite exciting and high-scoring games, so I can see a 1-1, a 2-2 a or something like that. So I want both attackers. I'm happy to hold them. Um, and Matoma at home to Bournemouth. Foden at home to Forest. And then Jackson and Haaland up front. So it really does say the Chelsea boys are my problems. Um, and if I were to make transfer, they're probably to get rid of both of them. However, if I get rid of both of them with Fulham and Burnley away um, in the two weeks after that, I feel like they're going to punish me. So there is a lot of thinking to do. So the ones I've earmarked at the minute is Foden out, Jackson out. And Bermo in, Alvarez in. Now, get in the comments below, guys. Um, do you think that's a good call? It's not. I've not confirmed that. I've not locked that in. But Bermo um, is continuing to play 90 minutes, continuing to take penalties, continuing to register good expected goals and assists. Um, statistics. Um, let me see their fixtures next. Everton at home. Forest away. United away, Burnley home. I really like that. Um, so, yeah. It's definitely one to think about. Newcastle defenders to think about as well. Um, with Chilwell possibly on the chopping block, as we've already discussed. And Villa, we've got the points there. Villa and Liverpool fixtures turning. As I've already said, I want a Liverpool attacker. Normally, we fill it over the years, we filled our our teams with their defenders, their wing-backs or their full-backs, you know, Trent and uh, Robertson, maybe a Van Dijk in there and just sprinkling out with a Salah or Mane. At the minute, Salah's 12.5, as we've said, but I just want I just want Klopp to work out what his strongest front three is and maybe he could rest a couple in the Europa League and play that strongest three, whether that's Darwin or Jota. Um, Darwin could possibly come in for Jackson for me. Um, but yeah, I want probably one to monitor, but probably one I'm not going to get the answer to. So yeah, on the bench, Turner still, uh, Saliba at home to Tottenham, Kabore and Osula, who has, uh, Sheffield United's Osula, who has an orange flag. So that is where I'm heading, but guys, um, probably going to use one transfer. Well, I'm not going to burn a transfer because I've got two free transfers right now, so I'm definitely going to use one, but I like Mbermo and Alvarez in. 
I do like that. The stats back that up. But Jackson continues to miss chances. Will he continue to do that or will he come good? Um, and with those Fulham and Burnley away, he could punish me. Um, and that's it, guys. That is it. Um, like I said, if you want to drop your team or your ideas or your thoughts or your dilemmas ahead of the game week six uh, deadline, drop a comment below um, on the YouTube video. It will go up this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So give that a listen. Please like and subscribe, guys. Um, we're still on our way to 500 subscribers. We're nearly at 250 now, setting little goals as we go on a way, uh, go along the way. But yeah, more videos coming out, an FPL pod every week and some National League stuff and some more interviews coming to the channel. Thank you very much for listening, guys, and I hope you have a good Game Week 6.